Meet Your Maker makes professional-grade grinders, vacuum sealers, sausage stuffers, dehydrators, and just about everything else to turn your garage, deer camp, or kitchen into a meat processing haven. Meat only sells their processing tools direct to consumer, cutting out the retailer markup guaranteeing you the best price. Meat also has the only lifetime warranty in the industry, and Meat ships your tools direct to you for free. Visit MeetYourMaker.com and use code WAYPOINT for an exclusive discount. And get ready to Deer IY this fall. Hi, hunters. Thank you for tuning into the Flushem and Dustin podcast brought to you by Nick and Tyler, the boys from Ring Next in this podcast, we will talk about guns, dogs, gear, and our successes and failures in the field through our combined 40 years of experience. We speak with hunters just like you from across the nation about their days in the field and the many memories they built with their friends and family. We are excited to have you listen. Now let's get to Flushing and Dustin. Welcome back, hunters, to another Flushing and Dustin podcast. Today we have Karen Sanders from out east up in New York. And she is going to give us a little background about herself. And we're just going to dive right in. Karen, why don't you introduce yourself to all our listeners and uh, we'll get going. Hi, I'm Karen Sanders and uh, really happy to be talking to you guys. And hopefully some of the stuff I make, I say makes sense and hopefully we have some fun. Absolutely. So you're out in New York um, and you sit here by some mountains and I didn't catch the name of those mountains, but can where exactly are you located? The Catskill Mountains. Catskill Mountains. So three I hours am... from New York City. Yeah. Um, no kind of that. in the Pennsylvania border. Here's Eva. Okay. <laughs> my my drop just she popped went, up. <laughs> she wants she wants in on the action as well. <laughs> yeah. So not too far from Manhattan, but far enough. Um, and we're at a couple thousand feet elevation actually. So quite a bit of hiking. Um, the hunting has kind of declined in the past couple of years, deer hunting and grouse and all that, but we do have grouse. We have some rabbit. Um, but from what all the old timers say, it's not like it used to be, but we're they not terribly far. Yeah, I, I know. They say <laughs> every, I will, oh, we usually walk out of there in five minutes, have a limit. And, you know, now you got to walk all day. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, we have a lot here. Um, there's also a really nice pheasant tree close by. So that's great for running the dog and getting some extra birds, yep. especially during deer season. So I don't like yep. to be in the woods during deer season personally. I don't blame you. We actually, we actually try to a little bit, uh, plan, uh, actually this year we're going to plan around deer season in Iowa because we don't like being out in the field in Iowa either. So we'll go, um, we're going to head to the, up North Dakota or South Dakota then and oh, wow. do something like that. Yeah. Just to get out of, just to get out of Iowa nice everybody's slinging they don't care what's on the other side they sling them shells uh sometimes it'd be scary i i'm sure especially out there <laughs> those yeah. monsters so you guys are all based out of iowa yes yep so i'm in des moines i don't know that's the capital of iowa and then tyler's just uh east of me um i've been uh, to the, two, the, the deer hours. expo i've, I've yeah. been to that deer expo that you guys have awesome show yep yeah, there's some monsters there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a little different here. A lot of uh, scrubby bucks that you might have to season the meat pretty well. We're <laughs> 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 eating barberries all here. <laughs> a little different Tyler, here. You're, Tyler, you're a mute. Oh, yeah. They don't get that corn diet that we have. No, nothing here. close to that. No. Yeah. no, you feel bad for the deer here by the end of the winter. You're just 
know. <laughs> Scrag and along. <laughs> yeah, I'll push you to the, I'll push you to the Canadian border then. Um, is, it farther, is that farther than what I'm thinking in my head? Probably is. Yeah, so like, you know where New York makes, makes that little bend? Um, yeah. We're right almost like I'm 40 minutes from Pennsylvania. So I'm right in that little like armpit, that oh, little so section you're, of New York. You're still, you're still like, you're still like 10, 12 hours. Actually, people now consider this commutable to New York City. Oh, geez. Which is incredible to me. Three hours. And that's not including traffic. But um, especially now with like more people working from home, some of the time now it's become a lot more people. And especially because of COVID, you know, they want to get away, be in the fresh air, like the Catskill Mountains, which is actually how people started coming up here was to be in the fresh air and, you know, um, sanitariums, that whole like history with that. So it's funny to see it like kind of have a resurgence, but um, in a different way than back when, when they had you know, comedians and all kinds of acts up here. And um, Dirty Dancing was based on this area. Oh, did not know yeah. that. That's pretty yeah. neat. It's <laughs> <laughs> like actually a pretty good movie, too. <laughs> Absolutely. Might have to pop it in tonight. <laughs> oh, I'm, in a, I'm in a hotel room, so who knows? <laughs> um, actually, another area not too far from here, too, um, there's a really well-known... It's called Mohonk Mountain House. It's a big resort, the same kind of idea. People used to go in the summer and get fresh air and stuff, but they used that. Actually, Stephen King had stayed there and he modeled his, um, what's that movie, uh, The Shining, after that oh, hotel. Wow. Yeah, so there's a lot of history around here. We're not, not that far from Manhattan and stuff. So Dang, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Do you guys have a lot of farm ground up that way too? We or? used to, and that's another thing, like with... A lot of city people buying land up here. What was farms is now turning into like um, kind of unused space because a lot of those people either they don't hunt or they don't want to allow hunting or they're afraid of like legal aspects of certain things or they're um, you know rent leasing it out because they need yeah. to make the money to afford the taxes because the taxes are so high. So I mean you can't blame people, but that's cutting down on the hunting land as well, which yeah, is there's hard. a there's a lot of that. Kind of type of stuff happening in Iowa too. More yep. people buying one developers developing just a lot of you know subdivisions uh, on farmland or like doctors, I guess you could say, um, or other wealthy individuals buying up farmland just for basically tax write offs and whatnot. So yeah, I mean deer tough. hunting, deer hunting around here is you know it's gospel. Um, yeah. That's probably the most possible. That's that's the most people um, pay a lot of money to hunt yeah. someone's private ground it's crazy I'm yeah. you know to yep. lease it for the year and i mean there's guys that what's like a ballpark figure just to be honest i i couldn't even tell you um i i, I mean i was looking thousands. at we were looking i don't know what it, i didn't figure out what it was per acre but we were looking at there was a Oh, it was like a three acre plot because my wife and I maybe someday want to build. So we're looking at it, but I mean, we're not going to buy it. was 230,000 for like three acres. Yeah, that's undeveloped land. So, yeah. and you're, you know, no, you're, buying, we're not buying it. you're buying bare, bare farmland in my area, you know, that just uh, doesn't have anything on it besides crops, obviously, is a lot of it's going for 20 to 30,000 an acre. So it's, wow. yeah, it's, it's definitely crazy. And, you know, there's guys that 
are paying year-round leases to deer hunt uh, and they're planting their own like crops on there and food plots and just the farmer or whoever owns it says you can you know use it like it's yours but they're paying probably a pretty good amount i couldn't tell you what it is but i imagine it's not cheap yeah isn't that kind of sad though like i've I heard from somebody a long time ago that hunting might be a rich man's sport and it's like to kind of see that sort of <laughs> already starting to really yeah it's sad. well i mean yes so we have pheasant farms out here and it, it's it, and we go to them in the off season when it's not you know season but we'll see people that we know and that's what they do they go to in season they're going to these farms and hunting spending and like, 150 100 200 bucks a day it's and they do this three all the time they do it for like a whole weekend and stay alive and i'm like it's just crazy to me that you guys would spend your money on planted birds that you know you're gonna get like that's not that that doesn't thrill me the no. reason i do it is to get my like uh when i get a new puppy obviously i'm gonna start going out and doing that again before season and getting them on birds and Get them used to you know how i want to control them and things of that nature but for them to just do it i mean that's what i think the sport's becoming people just want to pay and know that there's birds that they don't want to work for it yeah yeah sad. i got it <laughs> yeah i got it out at a lodge i'm not gonna name where it was or anything um but the way that it's set up is you plant birds every morning like a couple hundred birds and they're in yeah yeah and they're in uh food plots my little food plots that are like 40 yards wide by 80 yards long and you just surround it and let the dogs run they they shoot them and they're you know they're paying really good money to do that for three days wow so it's yeah it's it's interesting but i mean i guess some people they that's all they they don't care they just want to come shoot stuff you know they don't, yeah. aren't in it for the the sport of the work shoot skeet though i mean <laughs> yeah exactly cheaper <laughs> so what is what is hunting like up in your area for upland what is the birds what i mean give us a rundown of the upland game where you're at we we do have like um you know uh what do you call it like um our DNR goes and they put out pheasant in certain areas. What do you call that? Um, Planting them or whatever. Yeah, I don't, I don't, but they're, you know, they'll do it twice a year. Stock them. They stock yeah. them like a couple times a year, certain places, and those places get hit pretty hard. And, you know, then on weekends, there's a lot of people there and, and whatnot. And some people, that's all they do, you know. And that's actually the first time I ever went hunting was with a boyfriend who had flushing labs. And that's what it was. It was and I was like, what is this? Like <laughs> the birds in a bush and, you know, like, how are they there? And what, because <laughs> we yeah. don't have like natural pheasant here anymore. I don't know if we ever did. So, I mean, it was interesting and it was fun, but I wasn't like hooked with that. Like that wasn't the experience that I've had now having my own dog and um, grouse hunting. And I, I love, I'm partial to grouse. Um, we, we don't have a ton here. But it just gives you so much respect for the bird in a way. I mean, you have to hike, you know, you're walking. They say it's about 15 miles per grouse per Jeez. like one flush. And it's thick woods. They're never where you think they're going to be. And by the time you actually run into one, you're like, whoo, it's like a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, 
heaven forbid that you're actually ready and then it's so thick to shoot and so most of the time you barely have a shot if you have a shot you know so i mean it's it's just a different style hunting but it's, we have been fortunate a, sometimes good. that we do some good um woodcock migration too oh yeah so, I mean, that kind of breaks things up and my dog loves woodcock and that's really helped us all as hunters woodcock hunting because you got to stay so keep your dog so close so because of that like that helps with grouse hunting keeping her close like everything we do we just try and keep her close because we don't have that yep. much time you know if she's flushing it far away with you know you're not, not getting shot see it. So. yeah no it's surprising that the numbers wouldn't, be, wouldn't be better if you know they're in the timber like that and they're so hard to get close to you know it's not just just well, we have a lot there. of we have a lot of predators here. Is part of the yep. problem, I, and that's why I think the hunting was a lot better back when. We have a ton of coyotes, and people used to trap. And you know, the fur market is not great Crap. right now. And also, there's a lot of anti-hunters here, and um, like there used to be coyote um, competitions every year, and as like a fundraiser for the firehouses and stuff. But you know, people made big stinks about that and threatened people's lives about it and all kinds Jeez. of things. So nobody, nobody wants to hunt. It's just like it's a hassle, like a, a lot of times here with different um, hunting. And um, I'm a falconer too, and I faced it with that. Even this year, I was trying to um, to trap a red tail, and I had. Um, two red tails released from my traps which is illegal um on me two different occasions on private property damn <laughs> so, how long yeah, have you been doing a, falconry uh six years Not, did you get into that before <laughs> running your own dog yes nice. so that was part of the idea of getting a dog was to work with my bird um we haven't gotten there yet <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know how hard it is having my own dog and all of that and now that she's trained i don't even know if i want to run them together <laughs> it's like yeah. she's so much work i don't want to mess that up like i don't i don't not yep. really sure i was hoping to trap this year but then that never really worked out so so do you have a cage for your falcon he he has an enclosure so it's called a mew but um it's basically like when you go to the zoo and you see them they have a big giant thing outside that's what he has outside yeah all right how, how old is it you know what's that how old is he you know can you tell uh what the red tail yeah, yeah. um you know well so you? and i don't have a bird right now i was trying to trap one this year which would be okay. a bird on its first migration so in this state um when you're an apprentice you have to trap a bird and it's either a red tail or a kestrel and kestrels you can barely hunt anything they're very small you know <laughs> so um i always opted for red tails now i'm a general level um falconer so i can have different kinds of birds but um i just wanted to trap another wild one and and use that especially with her i wasn't sure how things were going to work out and stuff i didn't want to buy some expensive bird or anything like that and have something happen because she's so birdy i don't know <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's gonna work out whether she, and you know sometimes the dogs get hurt too because if they get too close to prey you know a bird might nap them on the nose which has happened to some people yeah. and all so you know it's just like a lot so that's why i'm not even sure if i'm gonna end up running her with a bird maybe eventually but how many red tails have you had um two, two. you know and how, how long do you usually keep them for um the the last one i had I, I really liked him a lot i kept him for two and a half years 
Nice. Yeah, he, he was really responsive. Um, he was on the, you know, the males are smaller. I wanted to get a female this year, but uh, trapping was really hard this year. I don't know if by you, but um, when we were driving to South Dakota to, to hunt with Eva, I mean, usually in Iowa and stuff, you just see red tails everywhere along the highway. Yes, I think I counted like three red tails this year. It was like, wow. Like, yeah. And South Dakota too. I think I only saw one hawk. So just a really weird year. I mean, we I track a lot of zippeters, but I wanted a red tail. So what's a zippeter? Yeah, um, no like a cooper hawk. Um, they're smaller hawks. They're bird eaters. Okay. Um, but smaller birds, like um, if I if I trapped a goshawk or something, I, I could hunt with that. They they actually they'll hunt pheasant and stuff. But um, nice. you know, I just oh. want a good size bird. Yeah. How do you what type what type of trap do you use? Um, I, I use the Swedish goshawk trap. It's it's got like um, it looks almost like a house, and you you put pigeons in the bottom, and the top closes when a, a bird there. There's a little like um, piece that closes down. And a stuff. little trigger. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Nice. Huh. Yeah, but That's you could ridge trap. Nice. My first bird I got a ridge trapped, which is like you put a a pigeon on a fishing line, and you sit on a on a ridge on their migratory path and you wait like you're fishing all day behind a blind and it took me about a month to get that bird. <laughs> yeah and we caught all kinds of other birds and had to let them go and stuff but you sit there with a bow net that folds over when the bird comes in to <laughs> land on the pigeon stuff, oh wow so. yeah that was super neat i've never i've never seen we actually we trapped a, um, a golden eagle that we let go that i've never oh, been that close I mean, it's it's just incredible to be that close to an animal that size. And we didn't even see it coming in. It was from so far away and then all of a sudden just huge. And when you see on the nape of the neck, when it's all gold, you you just know instantly. Like, And the pigeon just was all feathers. <laughs> that would have been awesome to see. It was... <laughs> It'll probably never happen again in my lifetime, but we do have a lot of... I mean, we have a lot of eagles here too, and that impacts the hunting oh, also. Yeah. Oh and yeah. Now they're almost getting like red tails here where they'll hunt like a red tail and hunt squirrels and stuff. So oh geez. Yeah. So, so you said it, you go through uh Iowa and you're seeing I, these red tails. Are you hunting when you're seeing these red tails in Iowa or are you just driving through? So we we drove through because we took Eva to South Dakota this year, which was awesome. So much fun and cool to get her on, you know, actual wild pheasant, which was Yep. A learning curve for all of us, for sure. Um, <laughs> Is this your first longer. time on wild pheasant this year? Yeah, uh huh. This year, yep. Oh, she's nice. turning. Yeah. She's like eighteen months, Eva. So okay. And this is my first bird dog. My husband had a draught years ago in the seventies, and I'm not even sure if it was a real registered draught or, you know, more like a wire hair. But yep. So he was more familiar with the breed, and he was, you know, that's kind of how we ended up with her i wanted a dog that could do everything and that fit the bill for sure so yeah so what was your first experience what was your experience like going out to south dakota chasing wild roosters uh, it, first it was wild yeah i mean we didn't do any kind of um you know with a guide or anything like that we just went on our own um yeah. public land and you know a lot of that crp grass was cut this year so that kind of hurt things a we little bit but that, yeah yeah, I mean, we expected that because we were thinking like either to go to Montana, which we still want to do someday, but we heard with the wildfires that was kind of different this year and stuff. So 
Um, I mean, it was while it's it's always it's funny. We've only been on two like major um, getaway hunts. We took her to um, Jackman, Maine, when she was a pop. Like she was like eight months old, and we took her, and we still had a great time. We still killed birds. Um, you know, there was a lot of flushes that we had no shot, but you know, it was that was a great time, and um, you know, you learn so much. But it's like that first day. I feel like on both hunts, we ran into the the most birds like by stupid luck that but like we weren't ready for how to hunt out <laughs> in that situation and then later days you know it kind of the weather and stuff because it was pretty windy when we went it was like 15 mile per hour wind some days and brutal cold and just totally different and um you know some of those other days we barely ran into birds and we're like okay i'm ready now now i know how to do it <laughs> like, bring the birds back but yeah we cool. uh you you know, we ran into hunting a new bird this year too, a sharp tail, and um, we ended up getting two of them. Where we were at, we they're not prominent. If if anybody sees them, yeah, at I'm all surprised there. we saw them there. And when wow. we saw them, we all were like, "Oh, that's Hungarian partridge!" And you can hear like my videos, like, "Did I just get a?" And here is a sharp tail. I've never got one before, but we did. I mean, they're so different. They fly so different um it was just it was a it was, that was an experience for us pheasants are old hat kind of for us but that was like it was it was pretty cool it was wild i was just shocked at how fast they are like but a wild real one yeah Holy and those fast. south dakota ones man they are like kevlar out there they are yeah they're, they're it was late, yeah. late season i mean if we were going to do it again we'd probably try and go a little earlier but yeah, yeah. they're like rocket ships and they're tougher they're tough <laughs> There's some that like we hit with a couple pellets and you know they kind of went down and we're like, oh, they're probably dead. They're gone. They just ran off. <laughs> like, yeah. What? Yeah. We had one, God, what, three years ago? We went out and the first rooster that got up, God, that thing couldn't have been, I don't know, 25 yards ahead of us. We both, pretty shot sure we both smoked it and it just I mean, I was pancaked it. And the dogs were literally like, they were so close On to top it, of it and it was gone. No yeah. idea where it went. It's like they couldn't find it. We the stayed there hell? for like 30 minutes. Dogs couldn't get a scent, no scent cone, no nothing. I was like, What, what? <laughs> like, what happened here? Yeah, that was oh, that that made us upset, but yeah, that's hunters. We would like to take this time to give a shout out to the following sponsors of the Flushman Dustin podcast. Gundog Outdoors has been a huge support for us. And their first aid kit, as well as their water bottle that we carry in the field, is awesome to have. The first aid kit can be used not only for your dogs, but it can also be used on yourself if you do receive a cut. It has everything in it that we've needed so far. Uh, I've had injury of Murph getting a stick caught in the top of his eye and was able to use the tweezers to pull that out had bandages for their paws when they've got cut up. Uh, then when we've got cuts too, we've been able to bandage ourselves up. So great product. Definitely recommend it. And the water bottle is just awesome to have at the beginning of the season and even during the end of the season because your dog needs uh, hydrated. And sometimes during late in the year, those creeks and streams are all frozen up. Uh, so it's always good to carry extra water with you just to give your dog a quick sip and then back to hunting. One thing that we also uh, are pushing for this year is for people to start wearing hearing protection. 
Uh, it's not uh, a thing you see a lot of individuals wearing, and we started hearing, wearing hearing protection this past season uh, using Tetra Hearing custom molds, and it is awesome how much better you can actually hear the hunt. It uh, has a volume control on it, so you can turn the volume up and down. Three different settings uh, that you can choose from. And it's also comes as an option to have it be rechargeable and a hard case for storing. I chose the rechargeable so I didn't have to carry extra batteries around. And I wanted the hard case, which is where it charges as well. And it makes it better for storing. You can save some money at Tetra Hearing using code FLUSHEM2021. That's F-L-U-S-H-E-M-2021. FLUSHEM2021 to save you some cash. Have you ever wanted to process your own wild game from start to finish? Meet Your Maker has you covered. Meat makes professional-grade grinders, vacuum sealers, sausage stuffers, dehydrators, and just about everything else to turn your garage, deer camp, or kitchen into a meat processing haven. Meat only sells their processing tools direct to consumer, cutting out the retailer markup, guaranteeing you the best price. Meat also has the only lifetime warranty in the industry. And Meat ships your tools direct to you for free. Visit MeetYourMaker.com and use code WAYPOINT for an exclusive discount. And get ready to deer IY this fall. We travel with our dogs in Dakota 283 kennels. They fit our dogs very well and are made of high-quality material. Easy to get in and out of the truck with where the handles are located, as well as strapping them down in the trucks for safer traveling. The doors come with locks on them, so you can lock up the kennel if you're going to be away from your truck for a while. And they just, for our dogs, they fit them very well, very happy with the product. Uh, Great customer service, easy to work with. Check them out, dakota283.com. You can save yourself some cash as well using code RNR10, RNR10. And this year, finally, we pulled the trigger on getting a truck bed system from Total Access. That's Total A-X-X-E-S-S, truck bed systems. They are made from the same material that Truck Vault is made from, and they also have more storage than what the decked truck system offers. The total access system has side flaps, so you have full access to storage in front of your wheel wells, as well as behind your wheel wells. And you also have 2,000 pound payload capacity to be able to sit on top of the truck bed system. And each drawer comes with a 200 pound capacity with the option to upgrade to even heavier capacities. The system has been great for organization, and it also comes in a low profile, which is only 10 inches high, and a higher profile if you're running shorter kennels or smaller kennels. That comes in a 13-inch high system. Both of them are great. Both provide ample storage, full access drawers that slide all the way out. You can also take the drawers out if you need to to clean them, uh, to do anything else with them so great product to have and for any bird hunter 
or hunter in general, a truck bed system is, we think it's a must. It is so nice to have. You can save yourself some money with the truck bed systems, total access truck bed systems using code ringnecks. So truckbedsystems.com is where you can find these total access truck bed systems. Again, thank you for listening to the Flushing and Dustin podcast, and let's get back to it. That's crazy. It's it is interesting going from, you know, like when you do we do the warm up hunts at the, um, you know, the game farms in Iowa, and then you get out and you have a, that first rooster that comes up. It's like, holy shit, that thing got yeah, out of there real you. quick. Yeah, <laughs> so it's For pretty sure. fun. What do you if you so obviously you'd have to choose between falconry and a bird dog first what got you into falconry and then what brought you to the wanting to get a bird dog and then if you had to choose which one do you enjoy more well i i got into falconry before i got into any other huntings like seriously um it almost sounds like witchcraft falconry you know I feel like a lot of falconry, a lot of falconers like that mystique, you know, like it's yeah. oh, it's medieval, like how do we do it? Like it's magic. Yep. And yeah. that's kind of bullshit. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's, it's an, it's a, a big boys club still, unfortunately. It's a lot more men, especially in this state that do it um, out West. I think there's a lot more females and it's becoming more popular with females, but it's, it's a really hard sport to get into because you have to commit. Like before, before I had ever even hunted with a bird, you know, here I am taking a written test and building a facility and finding someone to mentor me, which they have to have 10 years plus experience. Like, how do you even find that? You know, it's like, so you kind of had to be all in before you even got to, you know, try it and stuff. And I know some of the other states like Pennsylvania have a lot better programs, you know, for helping people apprentice and stuff, but um, in this state, it's a little harder for young people to just, you know, it, it's not like everybody and their mom's doing that. And it's so regulated. It's one of the highest, you know, regulated sports there is, especially in this country. So it's not like in Europe where yep. people do it all over and, you know, you grow up with it. Like here, it's, you kind of have to go out and seek the knowledge. But, yeah, you know, if, if you're into it, it's kind of one of those things you're so into it, you know, that you just you're dying for knowledge you're dying to do it so you're the second person that we know or ran into that has done it so we didn't hear of it until i mean we've heard of it before we've heard of it before but we never knew anybody yeah yeah he's great yeah it's a small world especially like with dog world you know it's kind of small and then yep falconry world and then there's people in between and there's a lot of people i've met through dogs that then you end up, oh, you work for Gun Dog Magazine. Oh, you're, you just did an article on Tyler. Oh, you know, it's like it's kind of funny yeah, how it yeah. all goes together what? a little bit. So, definitely, falconry got me into thinking of a dog more so. Um, but now, I mean, I just love, especially grouse hunting, is I don't know, I just love it. So, I don't know which I'd pick, but there are a lot of similarities because all the training, all the like with, handling. With hawk be able to get through the cover yeah like, i was wondering your, that too dog points and then the, the grouse gets up with the hawk be able, i mean it's a little bit bigger um, and it's i mean would it no. be able to catch it what I do you hunt know. with your hawk out, out in 
out when Rab you're with rabbits, squirrels. It's mostly squirrels okay. around it. Yeah, it's not like you're getting a grouse with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I was wondering. I was like, man, it seems like that'd be super tough. You know, walking 15 miles with that thing on your shoulder, with that hawk on your shoulder. No, then... well, actually, uh, <laughs> so red tails they'll follow you in the trees. So, yeah, you oh, don't even hold cool. them. Like certain oh, other falcons wow. and stuff. Do you yeah, have like so... a hear command for it? Like a whistle? <laughs> you know, like you just stick the glove out. That's it. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. Well, That's I mean, falconry is very simple. Actually, like dog training is way more complicated. Um, I think because so you're I, saying falcons are smarter than dogs. I'm I'm saying birds are easier. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's, and you're you're asking them to do a lot less. Basically, I don't know. There's true, so true. many, and they have way better eyesight. That probably helps. Well, yeah, but she has a great nose. Like I don't true. know, my my bird has to see something to to do anything really so yeah. i mean yeah. a dog would basically flush for for the bird which is what i was doing before i had a dog just you know kick and brush and trying whatever but really i would just walk in the woods with my hawk and it's it's kind of more relaxing in a way than running a dog because you just have to make sure you know your hawk's somewhere around and can see you and isn't somewhere else but you know you're just you're out in the woods and it's following you and you know, it's flying through the trees to you and stuff. It's it's very like romantic. I don't know. It's it's a different style of hunting. But then when the hunt's on, when something's there, you're like, oh shit. But half the time it's like it's so fast and then it's over. And you know, you kind of didn't do that much. So. <laughs> yeah. You're just you're there, just out for you know? a stroll. Yeah. You're there and it comes back to you. That's the all the only thing, you know. You didn't teach it to hunt. It already knows how to hunt. So so is that how you got the name Fishhawk for Instagram? Well, I love to fish too. Okay. So yeah, and we fished um, on Lake Ontario, which is three hours north of us by Canada. There. Nice. So and you actually run a probe for salmon fishing called a fishhawk. So oh, huh. didn't know. That. And I love you... ospreys. That's like my favorite bird because they're awesome fishermen and stuff. I was just gonna ask, have you ever used a hawk to just grab your fish out of the water? Well, I would love to to have an osprey. They say you can't do falconry with an osprey, but I actually know somebody who's writing a book and they actually have one. So I know that it's not catches them fish. That I mean, it's not like the person does anything, but yeah, they have an osprey catch fish for them, and you know they wow. they have it. Yeah. Do you, know what the, do you know what the book will be named? Ooh, I wish I did. It's probably like. Um, osprey falconry or osprey something he's something got an like instagram yeah. yeah do you know his instagram handle not off the top <laughs> something like that osprey falconry to, somebody down south that yeah that sounds super interesting yeah huh. sure. awesome and you're uh so you're a field staff for rock starlet correct yeah what's that yeah. my wife rock might be interested <laughs> yeah rock starlet outdoors um, it's an outdoor line um, created by a woman for women, and it's a lot of really comfortable, awesome leggings and sweatshirts and shirts and, um, you know, SPF shirts and everything that you'd be wearing, whether, you know, you're out on the lake or in the field and everything. And it's just a great company. And uh, it's all about inspiring other women to get outdoors and helping nice. other women, you know, get outside and learn what it's all about. So, yeah. Awesome. And you can use your code Karen 10, right? 
to yep, save some money on that. Yep. Heck yeah. Awesome. I so the Valentine's Day is coming. Yeah, Valentine's Day is coming. Get to it. Get to it. That is right. On that. Heck yeah. Awesome. No, that's really cool. It's pretty awesome that there's definitely more exposure for females coming out and whatnot for hunting and all that good stuff. I mean, growing up, especially here in New York, um, you know, like no one in my family hunted, you know, I mean, my father worked for the park service and that's kind of like, I ended up getting interested in falconry and birds and hunting through just the love of nature. But like, I didn't have anybody to really show me, you know, any of this stuff. I just kind of, I got really into birds, birding and wanted to know everything about that. And then, you know, it's just like, I had to kind of find my way and learn from different people and stuff like that. And my husband loves to fish and he's taught me a lot. And, you know, we go all over, we hunt in Alabama every year and stuff like that. We love it, but it's, it's kind of hard. And I think a lot of women coming into the outdoor industry, it's, it's from a different place like that. Cause we didn't all have fathers and, and mothers that grew up doing this kind of thing. You yeah. Know? So oh, that's really what are you cool. shooting? What's, what's your choice of a uh, grouse getter? I have a really old, it's, it's a Browning A5. It's like yes. A <laughs> I'm a Browning man at heart and always will be. I, I wish I liked something else. Cause it's so nice to take into the woods. I worry about it, but <laughs> I don't I actually like did not use my, I have a Browning A5 sweet 16 and I did not shoot it this year. Cause I was like, ah, it's just too nice. It's too nice. I do, but I don't, I, I'll have to find something more all weather at some point, but I, I just love it. Yeah. My like uh, my first gun my dad got me was a Browning BPS pump, and I didn't keep it, and it was a you twenty gauge. I, I I wish I would have kept it because I don't make them anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, I traded in. I got a Browning Maxis, so I have a Maxis, and then I have a I have the Browning Sweet Sixteen as well. Nice. So yeah, and uh, I'm gonna get the Maxis two here one of these days, and I also want uh, they came out with a the Browning Sweet 16 upland edition. So it has like all the the carvings on the side of pheasants and quail and stuff. So I also want to get that one. My wife doesn't know all this yet, but it's, it's coming. <laughs> Not <laughs> like a other. tax write-off or something. <laughs> yeah. Let's put it in the safe. You'll never see it. <laughs> you never know. Oh, that's funny. Had it for years. Had it for years. <laughs> uh, so you, uh, so Eva, is 18 months old is that what it right yeah 18 19 months something like that yeah so what drew you you sound like your husband you said but draw thar back in the day Um, yeah so my husband's father was german from germany so oh nice um, he, he passed away but so a lot of like that knowledge and everything i mean they had dachshunds too they didn't hunt with the dachshunds and stuff but he had a knowledge of the breed, I guess, from Germany, his father and stuff. And actually, his father was also a taxidermist. So it, it's funny, uh, you know, just how things work out and what what happens. And I hadn't mentioned this before, but I actually went to taxidermy school in Iowa. So I, I do know Iowa. <laughs> what? Wait, Did you learn I didn't even Corey, know there was taxidermy school. Corey There's a really, really good taxidermy school in your state. It's uh it's Matuska Taxidermy Supply runs a school and it's called North Northwest Iowa School of Taxidermy. And it's it's right there in, in. Um, Spirit, Spirit Lake. Spirit Lake. Do you know Corey I think I'm Carlos? By that. Yes, I do. Yeah. 
No offense. He probably doesn't know who I am. I, I love his work. Yeah. Yeah. So I just took my sharp killer that I shot. Did you? Yeah. Oh, he's awesome. I should have oh. just contacted you. He's a year and a half out. You could probably done it for me. No, in a no, no, no. You wanted to do it. Believe me. How long is taxidermy? I didn't even know there was a school for taxidermy. I thought people just kind of learned from other people, but. People do. And there are schools. Um, I chose that school because it was a longer program. And I, I just wanted to have more experience and more experience doing all different kinds of work. How um, long but it is was, the program? You know, um it was three months eva she's got a ball stuck <laughs> oh no worries yeah so this three months but it was a grueling three months like yeah. working like nuts so really what do you what do they all make you uh work on when you're there uh, big game rugs fish birds i mean so i, I had a lot of different experience um life size that's why i wanted to go there just to get some experience with everything yeah and um, i actually brought my own samples from here so i was working on stuff from here um because you guys don't have a lot of trout and stuff where i live is a big trout town okay so yeah nice. so do you do your own taxidermy then i don't see anything hanging on the walls in the back but you got windows um there is it's kind of and yes, but see, when, when you're a taxidermist, you don't mount a lot of your own stuff or you don't get around to it. <laughs> so I, did, I did save one of those pheasant this year from South Dakota because it was kind of special to get, you know, a real wild pheasant yeah. with Eva. Yeah. And it was so pretty and everything. So I'm like, someday I'll get to that. But it'll be in the back of my freezer probably for way too long, I'm sure. Yeah. Are you? Did you do all the training yourself with Eva? We did. We did train her. So I mean, I read a lot of books, um, DVDs. It, it gets overwhelming. I will say that there's so much information on the internet. It's like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you need yeah, help, so Tyler. Uh, Tyler has a great program, and he runs his dogs through. Um, I haven't used it. I I usually just have a trainer uh, train my dogs quick, just because I have two girls and stuff, and I travel for work, so it's a little tougher for me to. Uh, take my obviously i'm in a hotel right now but uh he has a great program yeah yeah i mean we're we're pretty happy with how things are going the only thing um we were she has a great natural retrieve but it wasn't like consistent um like last year last season so we did um we ended up finding an old timer up by where we salmon fish actually who he just retired but we still have like we have contact with him at least but we worked a little with the trainer um, just on force fetch and stuff, which was great because having never done force fetch, you know, I, I just liked having some guidance and being yeah. able to learn from, from somebody because I didn't want to screw something up. So, yeah, you so could definitely mess them up if not doing Yeah, right. I just, I didn't know enough about, you know, and I just didn't want to, especially she had a good retrieve to begin with. I didn't want to go backwards, you know, from yeah. what she had. Completely so. understand that. Yeah. So that was great. And he actually retired to Maine. So unfortunately, but we still have contact at least. So yeah. Yeah. But that guy's the biggest, that's day. the biggest thing in the dog world is having somebody to you can confide in and talk to and understand things. I mean, Tyler, I'm by no means a trainer, but I've learned from my trainers, uh, some tricks and, uh, Tyler's obviously learned from his programs. We bounce stuff off each other. And then actually I have a mentor from high school who used to, actually train uh, with a very popular trainer in Iowa his name was Clark Campbell and yeah. I ask him questions too so that that definitely helps 
Well, you can't replace somebody's like no. how many years of experience. No. Like you just can't. And yeah, he's, what's amazing he's to me 74. Is he's, so I think he's had like 15, <laughs> 16 of his own dogs and he trained other people's dogs. So he's, he's got quite, quite a lot of experience. But isn't it wild? Like if you work with a trainer, there's just like little things they do, even like how they hold their hands or something. And you're like, why didn't I think of that? Like, yep. <laughs> yep. You make yeah, so, so small easy. details. Yeah. And that's like the thing that, you know, everybody comes in and is like, what's a good YouTube channel to for training? Or like, you know, do you have any good YouTube videos and whatnot? And you could look at YouTube videos and I think you can learn a lot. But like you said, having that trainer that's like, hey, you know, have you noticed when your hands up here, the dog like is looking at your hand or something, you know, but if you keep it at your side, the dog's focused on like your voice and not like your hand over here, you know, and it's yeah. those type of small things that make a huge difference when you're trying to teach a dog something new, you know, small details that YouTube, you know, might not say, or you're not going to pick up by just watching a YouTube video of how to get your dog to go on a place board or something, you know? Yeah, absolutely. No, that's and yeah. unfortunately a book's not going to do that either so no 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 i'm a visual learner a huge visual learner so the program that i'm using which is cornerstone gundog academy uh it's all video based and reading like at the same time and then you have mm-hmm. a private facebook group that you can just send video and ask a bunch of questions and i'm a super like very visual learner so it's it's helped me out a ton. I can watch the video and I can remember it and go out and like and you know do it. Apply where, it, yeah. Yeah. Where a book is like I can read it and I'm like, God, it's just words sometimes, you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so but yeah, that's I like I like the program. It works out well for me. But do you so are you just hunting upland with Eva or do you guys have a waterfall? Um We've never hunted waterfowl. I do want to try. She loves the water. She loves yeah. water retrieving just with dummies and stuff. So we just, we don't have any gear. We don't know enough about, but um, yeah, I definitely do want to try. I know like some of the guys at the pheasantry that work there, they do a lot, especially goose hunt and stuff. Yeah. So yep. maybe if they have all the stuff and then we could just hang along. And- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When it, is it only, is it only one bird limit up there for goose? I um i can't remember if it's where you guys are at or i i know i thought it was somewhere up by new york where it's only a one bird limit for part of the season i think it goes to like yeah it could be i'm not sure it's like man you go out by yourself and just (laughs) shoot a single goose yeah i don't know well when you come through iowa next you'll have to let us know and we can uh obviously you'd have to get an iowa license but we could treat you to a hunt when you're driving through maybe that would be incredible Yeah. yeah Because are you guys going out to South Dakota or the Dakotas this coming year? Oh, my God. If my husband is in there, (laughs) he loved it. It was a little windy for me. Like, yeah, I enjoyed it. We had fun. We were just there for a week and stuff, and we had a blast. We learned a lot. Um, But was it my favorite hunt ever? But would I go back? Yeah. It just, it was a long ride, and, like, COVID doesn't make traveling that fun either. Like you just want to get to your destination, you know, and just, yeah. yep. you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not as nervous out West, like by you guys with COVID is here. How far drive is that? 
to South Dakota. Oh God, how far was it? It was like two solid days of driving. When <laughs> just walked in the door. How many hours was it? Where? To South Dakota. We went to Redfield, South Dakota. Oh. Just, what, 18, 19, uh, 20. Uh, yeah, 24 hours. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So long. That was a ride. I mean, but I mean, with, yeah, he wants to go back. With all your gear and everything. Yeah, I, that wasn't too bad. So I was perfect stop. We'll grab a hunt, drink you a couple beers. You want to go hunt in Iowa, hunt? <laughs> yeah, tell them. What, big bucks <laughs> yeah, there are some big bucks, I can tell you that. We're, uh, I find them in Iowa. Nice. We're at. Where's he going? Get, get on the screen. Where Mount at? Pleasant? Mount Pleasant. <laughs> hey, nice to meet you. Hey, nice to meet you. How's it going? How are you? We're not in the screen here. Can you see? <laughs> oh, there you go. So you you hunted buck or deer in Iowa? Oh yeah, Mount Pleasant. He's from yeah, from. Yeah, that's not far from here at all. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you get one? Uh, you hunt with somebody? Uh, I shot a 164 inch 11 point there. Nice with a bow or shotgun or shotgun. That's awesome. How long ago was that? Oh. A long time ago. <laughs> that was back, oh, it had it been 03, I think, 02 or 03 at last time. Dang, that's awesome. I haven't been back. I went back a year after that. I haven't been back since. So. Yeah. That's the huh. best state. My, that's my tail hind, that's the best. Oh, yeah. You can't beat Iowa. No. We got no. some. Especially up where, so Nick is originally from the Guttenberg area of Iowa, which yep. is a lot of cliffs and that's big buck there's, country. Yeah, it's. I mean, I have a buddy up there. We found um, some sheds, and it's hard to know exactly what it would go, but they, it was so big that right. we figured each side was uh, 105 ish. Really? Like it was some huge. Masses. Oh yeah, it was huge. Yeah, yeah I don't. I mean, you put a beer bottle next to it, and it like it just towered over. I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. Like the base, the base of it was thicker than a beer can. Oh, yeah, it was, it was freaking huge. We actually <laughs> thought it was a dead animal because it looked like ribs rolled over. Really? We were actually we were four we were four wheeling and making trails through his timber for tree stands and stuff. Yeah. And we both look over at the same time. We're like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> it got off, and then we couldn't find the other one, and then. He shot a doe during deer season. Was dragging out with his uh, four wheeler, and the the one stuck into the deer and rolled out of the dirt. So then he found the other side of it. Oh wow! Yeah, that's crazy. yeah. I mean, what? I'm talking. <laughs> I mean, it was it was huge, yeah. huge, biggest. It was like an elk on. He had one picture of it on camera and was like, "Holy cow!" Yeah, you guys hunt in that area usually. Uh, I, I mean, I still can, um, I kind of got away from deer hunting. I, I really just went to, I just bird hunt now mainly. I've got two daughters, um, and I travel for work, so it's tough to do everything. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to beat bird hunting anyway. Oh, it is. It is. Yeah. It is. And yeah. I'll tell you what though, when you see that, when you do see a, a big old white antlers walking through the, the woods, yeah, it's pretty exciting. It's a different, it's a different <laughs> feeling. Yeah. Yeah. But well, here, if you need to see little ones, you're excited. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, when you guys go through Iowa to South Dakota, what do you know what interstate you're going on? Uh, we usually go to 80. 80? Um, yep. Yeah. So you're going right by where we live. So it'd be perfect to grab a hunt if you guys are, oh my God, are coming yeah. through. 
Yeah, we got. You do a pheasant hunting? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Every once in a while, like this year, we shot a woodcock, which was, I mean, that's I think that's pretty rare. Um, It was the only one we saw all year. Um, Luckily, we knew what it was. We were able to shoot it. And then last year, we ended up getting uh, one Hungarian partridge, and we never even saw any this year. So um, you can get into a few different species. Um, I actually never even saw any quail this year. I never did. Mm Mm-mm. So we do have a little, yeah, a little bit of a woodcock migration that comes through Iowa, but it's not like significant numbers at all. You know, it's pretty minimal. I have a wetland area just south of where I live, and I usually see one or two of them out there during that migration, but never have actually just specifically hunted for um, woodcock. But yeah, we got the bird, the pheasant numbers are actually. This year was great. great. And if we have, I mean, if we can make it through this winter and have a no flooding for the summer, I can't imagine next year's going to be, I think, super good. Yep. So, yeah, it's awesome. When does the season run out there? Uh, it starts on the last weekend last- of October and then okay. usually ends Jan- the first January 10th or something. Jan- like that. January 10th. Yeah. yeah. So it's, I kind of hope they extend season. it because it seems like it seems like the season is just it's so hot all the way through December. It's forty degrees and it's hot, and then all of a sudden January hits and it's like, oh, now it's cool and the birds are sitting tight. So now it's like fun to get out in Iowa and hunt them. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's it's been pretty warm the last couple of years. Say that again. South Dakota extended their season. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, everybody around us. I think North Dakota, South Dakota. And everybody else, I, well, I think Minnesota is already closed, but uh, yeah. it seems like everybody else is January 31st, which it'd be nice if they did that because, like Nick yeah. said, that's when the hunting gets good is usually yep. the 1st of January when it finally gets cold and we get some snow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I wouldn't want to hunt now in Iowa. It's been negative uh, 28 in the morning, negative 32. Yeah, it's been, yeah, it's been cold. What is, what's the, does it get super cold up where you guys are? Yeah. Like today, this morning, it was negative nine out. So. Yeah. It's probably not too much different. It gets than pretty there. cold, but the, you know, the bird hunting here is pretty tough anymore. So, Yep. It, it gets a lot icier here too. Yeah. Like when there's snow, it kind of packs and gets icy. So that could be hard. Like their paws can start cracking and stuff. Like it, it becomes hard, you know? Yeah. So that can be a little, yeah. like we use mushroom secret and stuff and you kind of have to, but like it's, a, it's not light and fluffy snow, you know? It's like icy and sometimes yeah. it's hard because you're like, do you wear snowshoes? Sometimes that doesn't help, you know? It's like, you're breaking through the snow or you're on top of it and yeah that makes hard walking is yeah one step one step on top next step you drop through uh yeah. it's the worst yeah the best point here is early fall the woodcock migration so yeah yep. do you guys have pretty good woodcock numbers uh if you hit it you can get some days you can flush a hundred of them oh wow or then the next day they'll be gone but they're yeah. do you ever September to November they're migrating. Yeah. Do you guys eat the woodcock? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you cook it up? Out of curiosity. I've never had one. 
Yeah, it's pretty small. <laughs> well, the one I the one we shot this year, I blew it to shit because I wasn't <laughs> sure at, at first, and then I was like, oh god, that was way too close. And there was <laughs> nothing left. <laughs> yeah. Although, what I did with grouse, which I would definitely do with any small bird, is like, you know, make a little pocket, put um, cream cheese and jalapeno in there, make make like a popover, put some bacon around it, put it in the air fryer. Oh my oh, god! I, I think any small bird like that yeah. that would work off. Yeah. Before. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. So you, uh, I what? Sorry, I forgot what your name was. Not caring. Was it Bob? <laughs> Glenn. 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 So you you grew did you grow up with Drothars? Yes. You did? Oh wow. Yeah. Um so I grew up with one. The first bird dog I got was we had rabbit dogs, and then switched to the bird dog. I don't know. I was ten or eleven years old when I had my first bird dog, and uh, she was this, you know the same female uh, drought heart. Yep. Uh, just uh, a lot of natural ability. She would, you know, point on birds, retrieve. She'd run a rabbit, you know, and she would know. You know, and uh, by any means, I was just a kid, no expert by any means at hunting, you know, over a dog. But, uh, you know, she would know when to point on a bird and when it was her. So. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. And, that and, and, and blood tracking. But there was a lot more game here back then, yeah. too. So he was just, you know, because yeah. we, we tried to take her in the woods as much as we can, too. Just yeah. anything wild, you know, she can get some scent on just to. Yeah. educate her but he just all he had was a check cord in the yeah. woods but there was game in the woods back then so at least he had yep. bird so now it'd be pretty hard to do that without something else but yeah lambs around here you know back in the 80s and the 90s nobody really cared they're not easy on you <laughs> but uh yeah just this great and even like to this day when any of his friends from back then yeah. you know when they say that he's got another drop they're like oh my god is it like Shotzi because and that was her name and that means like beloved in German but they they just remember it fondly how great a dog and every picture he's got with this dog the dog is just looking up at him <laughs> it's like incredible yeah. Yeah. that's awesome yeah she was imp dog. she imprinted on you pretty hard then yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah I like she, she was just a great dog and had a lot of natural ability. Nice. That's awesome. Eve is trying to live up to that. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think she had a little bit more griffon. She had the griffon look or yeah. griffin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, so, you know, they're definitely good dogs. I think they're, you know, I've had some of my buddies have had stringers and, and you know, a lab seems like teaching them retrieve. Yep. Just easier, but the drought hearts or or GSP or any of them. If you put the time into them, they're great dogs. I don't know what kind of dogs do you guys have. 
uh, labs and goldens. So I have a yeah. lab and Tyler has goldens. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So. But, but where we hunt, I mean, you got to hike, you got to, when, when we took her to Maine and she was like seven months or something, the guide had said, he's like, you know, oh, you, you're bringing a puppy. That's great. But, you know, she's going to tire out, you know, this is treacherous woods. And, and I'm thinking, oh crap, you know, like, how am I even going to do? And honestly, the woods are tougher here. Like everywhere you step here, it's like a rock is going to move and, you know, a branch is going to, and there, it's just thorns everywhere. Here. <laughs> like, I don't know how people hunt in like, you know, these fancy outfits when like, it's like, I need to go through the brush. Like everything's brush here and stuff. But when we took her, I mean, all day, we, we'd hike at least 12 miles a day. And it was in the mountains and Bald Mountain and stuff in Jackman, Maine. She never got tired. She, we got back. She's running hot laps at the cabin. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and that's how it was in South Dakota, pretty much still until like night, night. Then she would kind of yeah. like get tired oh, and just yeah. conk out. But I mean, these dogs hunt all day. Like, yeah. Yeah. there's no break. There's no, they don't get tired, <laughs> no. which is a blessing for us because we want to hunt. You know, we we can't afford yep. a bunch of dogs and yep. you know, swapping them yep. out and stuff. Yeah. So before we get this get this wrapped up for the evening, we usually like to keep them about an hour long. What's uh, one of your favorite hunting stories? It can be with Eva. It can be with whatever. Oh, well, I, I do want to say, because we talked about before, too, the Rex Specs definitely oh, yeah. saved their hunt in South Dakota, yes. for sure. So I'm the overprotective dog mom, for sure. And I'm the one with Eva most of the time because I work from home. I do taxidermy at home. I'm with her. She's spoiled. You know, yeah. she has me all the time. So I don't want to be in the woods and be unprepared. I, I could show you. This is my kit. This is my emergency kit that goes oh, in the wow. truck. You know, <laughs> that is impressive. <laughs> because I worry. And then I also keep like a small kit in my vest because yep. The thorns and stuff in her paws and everything else, you know, like I, I just keep tweezers, stuff like that. But the last day in South Dakota, her eyes got so abraded somehow. I don't know if it was a bird or just the terrain or well, her running hard. They had the drought. They had the drought out there. You probably experienced the same weather. Yeah. It was a cornfield. It was never grew. Well, and cattails and yeah. cornfields and you know. Yeah. So her eye, like it looked like Rocky, like just, especially like cuts in the face bleed a lot, you know? So her eyes, yeah. they looked terrible. Like he was like, <gasps> and I'm like, oh my God, cause you think the worst, you know, she's going to need stitches with the heck's going on. Yeah. Um, so just a little saline and, um, and the rec, I was like, you know what, let's try the rec specs. We'd never worn them on a full hunt. Like she'd practiced with them and stuff before, but we never, you know, wore them seriously. And I don't know if she knew that she could keep hunting with them on, but she did awesome with them and nice. we hunted the rest of the day, like nothing. And it, it's just cool. amazing. Like I thought that they, cause I'd seen videos where, you know, like they can get so scratched up and stuff. I thought like, Oh, how long is this going to last or whatever? But I don't know. These things are, I, I'm going to get a, a backup set because nice. they're worth, I mean, just one stick or something. I just saw something on Facebook. Somebody's dog got a stick in the eye and that's it. You know, yep. it's like all it takes is one wrong move or, I've heard horror stories of grass seeds and dogs' eyes and stuff. Yep. That's not cheap, you know? <laughs> no. No, no, my sister has a dog right now that is, uh, he's uh, 11-ish, but she's had to take him back three different times because he's getting diabetes, 
and he's no longer house trained because the diabetes is making him just have to go to the bathroom. So he just starts peeing in the house. <laughs> so now she has to feed him a special dog food that's in a 20 pound bag. I think it's $99. Cool. And uh, then um, she has to give him an insulin shot <laughs> after each time he eats in the back of the neck. And they've had to up it three or four times now to make it so that it actually works for him. <laughs> it's like, I hate to say it, but you might be better off putting this guy down if this is what's going to keep like happening. $100 for a 20 pound bag. Whew. I'm going to start eating that dog food. <laughs> but I mean, you put so much training into these dogs and stuff and you get so attached to them and they're like, you know, you get such a bond hunting. It's like you want to do every, you know, I feel terrible. If something oh. happens. Yeah. Yeah, once she put these on, so she had to like look, keep her nose on the ground more too. And I think she realized like she can push through things, you know, with it and yeah, you yep. know, not bother her eyes. So she was doing awesome with them. Yeah. Nice. But yeah. also, there's a lot of scent out there. So that helped too. Like we, we've used them with her here. And if there's not a lot of scent, she starts, you know, trying to get at them and stuff a little bit yep. but if she's busy and stuff so if anybody's trying these out like in the field on a hunt i say like if you know there's a lot of bird that's like the best place to try them out because yeah you know, they, they even have them on yeah no that's a really good idea i've looked into them just haven't pulled the trigger on them yet they're worth it i think i think her eyes were bothered she started running with her head up Yep. Yep. Yeah, I made a world difference. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely worth the money. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. All right. What's that? What's a good story? Oh, I thought that was the story. <laughs> <laughs> they are, that is good. It could be uh, your deer hunt. You could tell us about your deer hunt in Iowa. Uh, if you remember it. Well, another another upland story. I don't know. It's kind of embarrassing, but well, so grouse are you know it's always when you least expect it, kind of. And, and sometimes they're right freaking next to you, like woodcock. You know, like and you're like, how did I not see? And in Maine, they are a little bit bigger than they are here, and they're a little darker. But um, I don't know how many days into we were hunting in in Maine, and we just gotten out of the car, and you know you're not even thinking you're going to see a bird right away or whatever. So, you know, I had to relieve myself, take a pee, freak flush right behind my butt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you see another bird that whole day. And I was like, are you kidding me? Uh, that's funny. <laughs> hey, that has happened to us with pheasants. Uh, oh, yeah. I can remember Tyler and I were in South Dakota uh, I know it's happened more than this, but we were in South Dakota. We walked around this little pond of cattails. And Tyler was meeting me, and I, we stood there. My dog is running right beside me, and he sits down, and I put my gun on my sling on my shoulder, and we're sitting there and waiting for Tyler. And we stood and talked there for five minutes, and him and I took two steps to the right, and a rooster just went. Scared the shit out of us. It scared the. Sh I'm like, I looked at my dog. I'm like, what are you doing, idiot? Like, you, <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, how did you not know that bird was in there? But uh, the wind was going the, the opposite direction, and he never went that way. So it sat literally three feet, four feet from us. That's funny. 
So yeah, South Dakota is fun. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna head to North Dakota this year and try that out. We've been to South Dakota six times ish, five times, five or six times. Yeah. So, Time to try something yeah. new. You're gonna switch it up a little bit. Waterfowl hunt too, or I've got Tyler into it this now. year. Yeah, I used so we kind of switched roles. I used to because um, I grew up on the Mississippi up in Gutberg, did that quite a bit, and then I don't know anybody down in Des Moines. So then now Tyler does it, and I don't really do it now. Okay. Yeah, now I met a, a group of older gentlemen this uh, this year. I found a field that a bunch of geese were landing in, and um, asked the farmer, and they said they give permission to one guy who he gives permission to other people you know if he's not going to be using it and i called him and said it'd just be me and my my dogs and he's said well we're old and we don't want to have to run after any cripples so bring your dogs out and after they ran down the first cripple of the day and they said to come back every time so they've invited me since so i definitely appreciate that but yeah so it's it's fun it's different um you know and Learned how to make some goose jerky. That's really good. So it doesn't even taste like. Uh, not much duck hunting. Uh, the seasons here, it seems like they always show up when seasons closed. Um, I don't have got like one pond we have access to. Um, and I don't have much gear yet because I just got into it and it's super expensive to get into. Yeah, so. So yeah, hopefully get some more ducks down the road, but right now just a lot of goose field hunts. But yep. So yeah. Yeah, you'll have to let us know when you guys come through. Yeah, we'll try to line up a hunt and go grab some go grab a couple birds. Yeah, that would be great. I won't even. I won't even shoot. You guys are all shooting. <laughs> oh, Nick, please! <laughs> I don't think Nick can not shoot. <laughs> he's too, he's antsy behind that trigger. <laughs> uh, I'm quick, and if you're not pulling it quick enough, then I'm going to pull my trigger. <laughs> what combination do you first done? I know we went out there. There's a lot of I had a lot of questions about you know jokes and, and shells. And, so we shoot boss ammo five shot two and three quarters um 12 gauge, yeah. i 12 gauge for 12 gauge and then when i take my 16 um same boss five shot uh two and three quarters and then i shoot um modified all season long modified joke and i shoot i shoot full usually because yeah. i miss them on the first shot and i need that second <laughs> shot so <laughs> probably miss them because my pattern's too tight yeah. But, yeah, probably. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, that's what we like to use out here. It seems to work. Yeah, if you've good. never used Boss Ammo, I'd recommend it. Uh, it's, uh, one, it's yes. a clean shell. Two, man, it hits hard. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what it is, the design of it or what, but man, it. I was, <laughs> I was using. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I haven't seen that. Is that local? No, uh, Michigan, you got to buy it online. I think. Yeah, um, yeah, you got to buy it online. No problem. Yeah, no, we can't order an initial line. Oh, really? Oh, dang, that's well. If you guys come through, if you guys are coming through Iowa, we'll let us know. We can let get us know. Some. We'll buy a box. Yeah, yeah. And you'll then you'll be wanting us to ship it to you all the time. But 
it's, it's really good. I was using, I was honestly, I was using two and three quarter uh, four shot at the beginning of goose season and it was just folding them right over. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's, it's super good. It's really good ammo and hits hard and patterns really nicely. Yeah. So I'll have to talk. My buddy lives over the border in Pennsylvania. So. Yeah. Yeah. I call him. Yeah. Yep. We won't tell yep. anyone. It's, it's good stuff. Yeah. So awesome. Well, we appreciate you guys coming yes, on. And uh, it was nice meeting yeah, both of you. Um, yeah. And sharing yeah. your stories. And obviously, you got a little piece of Iowa coming, getting that buck out of Iowa back in the yeah. day. Yeah. And um, like I said, if you guys come through this year, uh, definitely let us know. You can hit us up on Instagram or whatever. Yep. Let us know. And your podcast will be posted in three, the third week in February, I believe, third or fourth week in February. Yeah. So, so, cool. so you guys can look, listen to it. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we appreciate it. So again, thank you. Yeah, thank Have a great you. night. Awesome. Yep. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.